the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, and welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. We're putting together our Christmas Eve show. The reason being, the nursery is closed today. On behalf of everybody at Millburgers, we want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. On tomorrow's show, we're going to put together some Christmas music for you to enjoy. Uh, some of the guys' favorites, they've put together a list for me. So uh, that's coming up tomorrow. But today, we're going to get you, maybe we may mix in some music. We'll talk gardening with you, and uh, you just sit back and listen. No need to call. So where do we want to start off? Well, Calvin, did you work over my Onion article? I worked at it. But, uh, <laughs> it it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's only 18 pages. You ought to be able to condense that down. To I, I actually uh, ended up with a nice article for the Express News oh. that, that I will be using later late in the month. Okay. Um, but I'll... And how long... How short do you want it? <laughs> am I, am I uh, editing for plantanswers.com or what? No, uh, no. I'm going to use the whole thing. Okay, uh, okay. I, I, uh, what, what we're talking about is uh, 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 we wrote an article when I realized that I, I couldn't find an article on growing onions in containers. You know, we always talk about uh, we've got a good supply of onions at Millburgers. And uh, on uh, for those of you who are outside of Millburgers, I mean, can't come into the local nurseries, I've got a, a link on plantanswers.com on the front page about onion transplants that uh, that you, you can order them from the same place that... Uh, that uh, Millburgers orders them. I was just going to um, <clears throat> count the pages here. That <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, and uh, I looked at... Have you uh, got a calculator, Milton? Uh, well, you quit it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I looked, uh, I, uh, I looked on, uh, on the Dixondale Farms uh, sword, uh website page. It's just slightly it's over eight, eight pages. <laughs> Single space? I, I made it large font. That's oh, that's true. That's many barely pages. two pages. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He's never written anything only two pages in his <laughs> But uh, anyway, I looked on their website and I, w- I wasn't happy with the way uh, I wasn't happy with uh, their information about growing onions in containers and they're so easy to grow in containers, and uh, well, this you article know, you just too. Stick them in there. Well, this article too, though, has a lot of good information on general yeah, using that, containers, especially for vegetables. Yeah, There's, uh, you know, on the drainage and fertilization, um, watering. I mean, the, there's a lot of good information in there, <clears throat> and Jerry will be known for his uh, <laughs> thesis. On growing onions in containers. How long? How many pages is a thesis? <laughs> well, oh, usually uh, more usually than about half few. that size. But no. <laughs> about half, yeah. 
the uh, the main thing that we wanted to bring out uh, that uh, Bruce Frazier, who's the president of uh, of uh, Dixondale Farms that furnish onion transplants for everybody in the United States, I guess the the, the largest they're the largest onion transplant grower in the United States, and when you buy when you buy uh, onion transplants from seed catalogs or some of these uh, burpee or any any anywhere you buy onion transplants uh, in the United States, you're probably getting them from uh, well, uh, Carrizo Spring, including the nurseries too. And uh, the, the Dixondale Farms is you know we're always talking about Millburgers and their involvement um, with all the projects on youth education and youth gardening and uh, special causes. Yeah, we've always every almost every show we have one. Yeah. Well, Dixondale Farms is a little that way too. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they for years from the beginning of our classroom training program uh, through the good graces of Jerry too, they have provided the onion plants for the whole um, the teachers classroom garden the... classroom garden program in San Antonio, which is huge. Yeah. So they've been uh, well, Jerry's uh, paper. Uh, uh, in addition, in addition to talking about how uh, world peace can be achieved, <laughs> talks about the fact that Dixon, Dixondale Farms, um, you, you can be pretty confident if you're buying from them because they won't send you the wrong onions for your area. Oh, really? And a time of the year, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. They're, they're they've got a they've got a complicated. Uh, Shipping system, and of course, when you buy, when you order from them, again on plantanswers dot com on the topics of the month, I've got uh, I've got a listing of uh, transplant onions now. It's a third listing, and uh, it it tells how to order from Dixondale for those people that are, you know, that come in on this web page and and. Uh, and and want to plant onions after reading this uh, yeah. wonderful uh, short resume, uh, short uh, write up on uh, growing onions. Of course, onions if you're resume. close close to Millburgers, you don't need. To, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got a huge selection. We got six different varieties: two red, two yellow, two white. Very nice shape. And um, one of the issues uh, now that Jerry did not address this very well in his paper. Uh, but you mean I issues, need to add to it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> one of the issues is I can correct what if that. I, yeah. What if I only have a garden that's about a quarter acre? What do I do with all these onions I get when I get a bundle of? You get about ninety onions, which is uh, potentially about two and a half rows of of onions. So you got plenty <laughs> for the for the containers, and then you got plenty for a couple rows. In uh, and if you, if you do like I've done for years, is want some red ones and some white ones and some yellow ones, mm-hmm. and then every time there's something new, you want to try it. <laughs> you got to get a you got to work in tandem with a few of your neighbors because <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of onions, but they're really easy to plant. Just. And Jerry, Jerry will talk about the containers, but in the raised bed garden, you just build, just did a, a little trench, lay the onions against the, the wall of the trench, 
and I plant them every two inches, but you got your choice. You can plant them a lot more space, and then you don't have to worry about thinning them out with, as green onions as the season progresses. But I plant them every two inches and just push the soil against them. And if they're... They take off. Yeah, and they're the uh, the rate, there's not a lot of them that are lost. Oh, uh, yeah. They, they, almost they, root, 100%. they root and take off. Now, but you can, there's a lot of ways you can um, not maximize production. I mean, we're talking, the big thing, as Jerry emphasizes in that paper, the big thing is fertilization. Yeah. How does Dixondale come to be the, but how does a business decide it's going to be the onion experts and source <laughs> of the United States? They, they've been, uh, they, they did commercial onions. Uh, oh. Transplants all, uh, that they sold all over te- started uh, all over Texas, all over the Winter Garden, and in the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, and they're—I I think they celebrated their hundredth anniversary. My goodness, really? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that the, that they've been in business, but they weren't selling all over the United. They were selling to commercial growers. All right. Uh, they send onion transplants to Georgia to do the Vidalia onion, and uh, and places like that. Uh, it doesn't always turn out that way, though. Yeah. Um, I was familiar with the Swenson farm that was attempting to play the same role with rutabaga, that oh, uh, onion geez. that Dixondale was with onions. Yeah. But that just has not taken didn't, off. Didn't take off. Huh? Oh, the no. poor Swensons. They've tried so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, any, anyway, they, uh, uh, the, they, they were served, and they would ship uh, truckloads, semi-truckloads of uh, onion transplants to other areas of Texas and to all over the United States, to the growers. Okay. And then... Um, Bruce Frazier, who's a West Point graduate, by the way, uh, when they came back, there's not a lot, of, a lot of going on in Carrizo Springs. At least, at least <laughs> no. At least, uh, that, that's what blows your mind is that they're sending, sending onions all over the all over the world, uh, well, all over the United States from Carrizo Springs by mail. Yeah, that's what's and and uh, so when you, when you order, uh, when you order a, a group of onions, and and uh, the idea that people would pay, you know, to for the shipping and everything else, and they overnight them to you. In other oh, words, do they really? Yeah, well, you order them at eight o'clock in the morning. A lot of times you have them the next day, depending, not, depending not, on the weather. They're not expensive, though. That's a, I mean, it's well, not, it's a reasonable, reasonable real reasonable. reasonable cost, yeah. But uh, same as, you know, just like those at Millburgers are very, yeah, very reasonable. The per onion cost, you know, we we tease about how much the uh, t- tomatoes in our gardens cost us. You know, by the time we're finished, the onion situation is much. Much more efficient than the tomato yeah, situation. Yeah, that's is. for sure. But uh, uh, Bruce is a marketing genius. Bruce Fraser, the president now, and uh, he's he's fascinating to talk to. Like uh, when they when somebody orders onions out of California, uh, and of course 
like I said, they they tell tell people, and if you look at their website, they tell people uh, which onions are best for their location. They've got a map on there, mm-hmm. which I link to. Uh, but they've got a map on there that uh, tells you what to, whether to do short day onions or uh, long day onions or, or what what kind of onion uh, uh, growing conditions are need needed to be successful at onion at, at, at what, onion what, bobbing. What kind are we growing here? We're growing short, short, short day, days. short and intermediate. And that that can be an issue in the. Uh, not as much now, but it wasn't too many years ago when you could f- get all those bulbs. Yeah, and you bubblets, get, yeah. And you could get uh, you get the wrong varieties. And They'd be you know. long day, and they never bulb. Oh, they never grow? They never bulb. They grow. Green. But they never have a bulb. Oh, onion, wow, that's an weird. Onion. That's hard to imagine. They look like green onions. Huh. And uh, But anyway, uh, Bruce... If you understand the the uh, the the uh, makeup of an onion, uh, which Bruce uh, does real good in in uh, in putting this in on his website, and I quoted it. It says the size of the onion bulb is dependent on the number and the size of green leaves or tops at the time of bulbing. In other words. On, on, on onion rings are modified leaves. Okay. So, and, and if this kind of information really excites you, mm-hmm. you want to get to plantanswers.com and read Jerry's paper. We have the because it's full paper. of this kind of information. We have the entire uh, paper on uh, plantanswers.com under topics of the month in red uh, called. I wonder onions in containers with pictures. I bet with you, pictures I, too. Pictures too. Man, I'll, I'll bet there'd be a lot of teachers out there that would give their students credit for uh, reading uh, kind of holiday like reading. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, kind of like instead of war and peace. Yeah, there you go. You, you <laughs> could read about uh, growing onions in containers. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the uh, like I said, you want you want to, it's a leafy crop. You like broccoli and cauliflower and things like that so you you want to grow lots of green leaves for each leaf there will be a ring on the onion like an onion ring that we eat. Mm. the larger the leaf the larger the ring will be when the carbohydrates from the leaves are transferred to the rings of the bulb so so it it, it only makes sense if you're growing leafy crops, a leafy crop, that you need to increase the nitrogen rate. And that's where a lot of people go wrong. Now, in containers, uh, and Bruce Bruce hadn't grown much in containers, so uh, he, didn't re- he, didn't re- he didn't realize about uh, slow-release fertilizer. But when you look at the onion, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a high-maintenance ferti- fertility plant which matures from transplants over a five to six month period, and uh, so uh, slow release fertilizer pellets uh, mixed into the into the soilless media, and a lot of people use it uh, actually in the soil. Uh, it's it's an expensive way to grow onion, but people people the only thing that we've ever had outsell a tomato. 
and sweet corn was an onion in the fall. Is that right? Absolutely. I'm, I'm talking about at a at a roadside stand, okay, roadside market, because people like fresh onion. But anyway, if you think of all all the slow release fertilizers, uh, they they release uh, over a long extended period of time. That's why they call them slow release fertilizers. Over a five to six month period, which is exactly the time that you need to uh, to grow an onion. So it's it's they just go together like hand in glove. Would you um, use copious amounts of copious amount. There you go, Milton. <laughs> I wrote. I recommend the use of copious amounts. <laughs> I think. I, I hope I spelled it. I'm right. beginning to wonder whether Jerry is paid by the copious company for every time he uses their trademark <laughs> <laughs> of slow release fertilizer pellets. And I checked uh, uh, over there and see, see to see what kind of uh, uh, slow release fertilizers we had at Milberg's. And and most nurseries around, and the the one that they have there, uh, it's called Osmocote Plus, and uh, it has a lot of minor elements in it. To the, the the plus is minor elements, which really should kick the the the, uh, the onions out. Now in in the write up, uh, Bruce has uh, Bruce Fraser has on on his website and and in most extension publications, we talk about side dressing. Uh, with uh, I think I think Bruce and them recommend ammonium sulfate. We just recommend uh, slow release fertilizer, like nineteen five nine lawn fertilizer. Of course, Bruce and them they sell a, a onion fertilizer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he asked me about that. He said, "You think that'll sell?" I said, "Onion, uh, an onion fertilizer." Specifically for onions, which is any fertilizer, uh, and I told I told him, I said, well, the problem is going to be shipping, you know, and storage. It's heavy. Oh. Fertilizer is heavy, and uh, kind of tried to discourage him from doing it, and they. They've made about a billion dollars no. off because so, people <laughs> people want to buy their onion from the onion place, and people want to buy the uh, onion fertilizer to put on their onion. Yeah. So we, maybe I maybe we ought to have, name a Osmocote Plus onion fertilizer. Yeah. Hmm. You know, but because it, it's a great onion. Fertilizer. So far, we have not put that in any of our. Uh, Christmas gift articles. Uh, yeah, uh, onion fertilizer. Yeah, special onion fertilizer. <laughs> you want to take a break? Only or you still only, yes, please. Only available at Milford. <laughs> There's you, more, Milton. There's is more. more. Okay, well, well, we'll take a quick break. Run, some, yeah, run some music. He may forget. Yeah. I, I begged him to shorten this. Remember, mm-hmm. I yeah. begged him to shorten it. Well, I think, it, let me see, it starts off with, it was the best of crops. It was the worst of crops. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to take a break and come back in a moment. You're listening to a recorded episode for uh, December 24th of Milberger's Gardening, South Texas, wishing you and your family a very Merry Christmas. Uh, then the um, nursery is closed today and tomorrow, and on the 26th, too. So uh, tomorrow we'll be back with more Christmas music. But we're going to take a break, and we'll come back with more great information after this on Milberger's Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM, The Answer. 
Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Bulvary Road. Millburgers wants to take this time just to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas weekend. After the holidays, we want to remind you of something. Millburgers will help you get rid of your Christmas tree with their Christmas tree disposal. From January 2nd through January 13th, you can bring Christmas trees bought anywhere, not just at Millburgers. Now make sure you get rid of all the ornaments and lights and wires and metals, but bring them over to Millburgers. They'll dispose of them and give you a coupon good for 20% off any regularly priced merchandise purchased by February 28th, 2017. Now there's some little details in this, so go to millburgernursery.com to learn more. That's millburgernursery.com. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday, and Millburgers will be here after the holidays to help you have a wonderful 2017. From Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and we hope you celebrate with family and friends. It's the most wonderful time. Thanks for making 2016 historic in more ways than one. Our country made decisions that will impact our lives for years to come. And 2017 is shaping up to be just as memorable. Of course, you'll hear all about it right here. Thanks for listening, and Merry Christmas from 930 a.m. The Answer. Dale Wamsley explains what happens when the government gets involved in your money. Cycles have normal restrictions upon them. And if it was a pure and open marketplace, you could count on cycles to keep us going in the right direction in a safe zone forever. But my friends, when the government gets in and gerrymanders the world, cycles are not pure. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, weeknights at 9 on 930 a.m. The Answer. If you have unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-231-9060. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-231-9060. 800-231-9060. That's 800-231-9060. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on... 9.30 9.30 a.m. The Answer. You're listening to a six-part series on onions today. <laughs> How long is the show today? It's, it's just two hours. That's all we have. Only two hours. You want to cover some tomorrow, yeah, too? Yeah. When was it, Milton? It was a few years ago when we got an award for our holiday radio show. Do uh-huh. so you think we could get an award oh, for our... The, oh, this is going to be... The Onion Slash Holiday. Yeah, from the Onion Council. The National Onion Council is proud. <laughs> but people, people ask me all the time, oh, what no, is copious? You, do you have more onions, Scott? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was joking. Okay. <laughs> what, what is copious? What mean? is copious? Think, uh, that, that's a, kind of a, a weird... weird. Uh, you recommend copious amounts uh, for container-grown yeah. onions, uh, citrus, <laughs> uh, tomatoes. Yeah, for the fertility, uh, high fertility and all that stuff. Should we, are you, do you have more or should we talk about citrus? 
<laughs> no, I got I got more of this. I'm, 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 I'm getting ready to explain copious. Okay, copious. Uh, <laughs> copious amounts of fertility. Uh, this is in the, the what we're talking about is uh, is uh, uh, addition and every time you water the onions, you uh, in a container. Uh, use a water soluble fertilizer. So several times weekly, and uh, the, then the longer release formulations of the slow release fertilizer pellets, such as the Osmocote Plus, follow or greatly exceed labeled instructions. Greatly exceed. That's the copious part of it. Uh, labeled instructions for application or mixing of the slow release fertilizer. The label recommends three tablespoons and a two-gallon pot. Three tablespoons in a two-gallon pot. Four times that amount can be used when growing onions. And uh, the research the research indicates, and this is poinsettias and things like this, that uh, even though you're using the water-soluble fertilizer, when the, when the plant dries down, or gets get then the uh, osmocote or the slow-release formulations kick in. Now, in the soil, you're using a slow-release fertilizer, lawn fertilizer, 1959. So uh, that, that that takes care of that situation there. But uh, I'm, I'm convinced that, uh, and people want to grow a big onion, but I'm convinced that uh, even though we, in all of our publications for years, we've talked about side dressing, but I'm convinced that most people don't do that. You know, so what is side dressing? They, they sprinkle fertilizer along the uh, along the edge of the beside the, the plant, and water it in every, oh, okay. every two to three weeks. As you got, um, by then you've got some roots out there too. Gotcha. Okay. So the so the uh, fertilizer, the nutrients that are released, are picked up pretty efficiently. Rather than say, right next to it, you don't want to do it right mm-hmm. next to it. No, well, you water it in. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, you really don't yeah. want to do yeah. it right right next to it. Where because you've talked about burning, uh, and you talk about like cyclamen yeah, burning. Spe- yeah, I mean, yeah, onions, especially when you got yeah. onions, probably not that big a deal. Yeah, onions that. are not as sensitive, but you can certainly easily do that with tomatoes, newly planted yeah. tomatoes. Yeah. You can burn the you know it's just like cutworms. You can burn the hmm. the stems and and everything. That that happens a lot. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, the. Um, Let's see on the on the citrus. What I, uh, you know, we, Jerry. I think everything is probably at or slightly past its prime in terms of the the uh, citrus. I was noticing that my Changsha tangerines are are kind of past the right, yeah, past the prime, and that the Satsumas are taste much better. And you know, quite often, Changshas are comparable in terms of taste, but. Um, <clears throat> So my, my satsumas have really gotten sweet with all this cool, yeah. this cool weather. Products. So use them up, use them up, or you'll get to the point where the quality, you know, so many people out there trying to conserve them and wait till the exact yeah. time, and then suddenly the exact they, time is there, and, and you got too many. And then you, uh, we're, I mean, we debate this whether having all that fruit on there uh, makes them more susceptible to. Uh, freeze damage. 
It probably does if they're working, uh, growing the fruit, and but now at this stage when it's finished <coughs> with the fruit, it may not may not be a big con- contribution. But um, so use it up, and then you can just concentrate on uh, uh, protecting uh, the fruit. If we get we do get into uh, some uh, protecting the trees, if we get into some cold weather. Reminder: lime, limes and lemons are probably are most susceptible. Oh, yeah. Satsumas, uh, especially those new varieties, are are pretty tough. Grapefruit, I've not seen any damage on my grapefruits. Hmm. Yeah, that so, uh, that's that was chosen for that. Yeah, Bloom Sweet. Bloom uh, Sweet. Uh, it's a, it's a white grapefruit, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, keep that in mind and. Uh, be ready. Be ready. Get your. We've talked a lot about getting your uh, freeze protection materials ready, because we I'm surely we'll have a freeze or at least a threat of a freeze before the year. Yeah, and year is usually over. the bad ones occur around Christmas. Around around the Christmas, the the extremely hard ones have have all been plus or minus five days of Christmas Day. And the uh, despite the cold weather. Um, people are still seeing looper damage, loopers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... I bet they're cold. Yeah. Little naked oh. worms out there. I, Ooh, yeah. Poor yeah. guys. Yeah, they don't have fur. Hmm. Yeah, kind of roll. They do look like they're in fur. They kind of rolled up after they've <laughs> well, yeah, when they go. Feeding, yeah. yeah, when they... So uh, keep watching on there. And uh, remember that... Uh, oh, the, the hint that really... Is uh, significant that uh, uh, Jerry mentioned the use some um, t- detergent, some uh, ivory liquid, or yeah. a couple teaspoons is all it takes in a gallon. And what it does is it's a spreads. It's a spreader uh, for the BT. If you're going to use BT, makes it much easier to be effective. And then yeah, it has to dry on there rather than run off on mm-hmm. the ground. Ah. Uh-huh. Okay. It, it has to wet the plant so it can dry evenly on the plant, and then they eat so the, the worm can take a bite. Take yeah. a bite. What? What? No, move, move on. Cause oh, he's going to oh. tell us what happens to the worm. Oh, no. the, the oh the worm the worm. Uh, to quote some vegetable <laughs> specialist that's no. uh, near and dear to our heart, that, that, the worm gets uh, gets uh, const- constipated. Terminal, terminal, terminal constipation. Yeah. That's worse than just regular constipation. <laughs> and and it doesn't die. Just no yeah, it is worse because he doesn't die immediately. Oh. He's just suffering through this constipation and then he he quit he does quit feeding, which is probably the important thing. And then I guess so. When you got terminal constipation, <laughs> you want to quit eating. Or or right, Milton? or switch. I don't have terminal never, no, never. <laughs> but he is eating uh uh, plants that would normally make uh, the rest of us that are constipated. Uh, Un- unconstipated. Uh, yeah. So, Ooh, the uh, irony. Yes. Uh, the, <laughs> irony. <laughs> the irony. Um, tomatoes. Well, we t- uh, a couple weeks ago we did the survey on tomatoes, and it sounded to me, Milton, like. Uh, yeah, uh, I was going to say, what, so what did you think? Well, I think as as we predicted, uh, if you planted your tomatoes in July as we recommended even the red deuce and celebrities um, reached maximum uh, production at Thanksgiving or shortly after Thanksgiving 
and then if you planted them, uh, say, by mid-August, you still had green tomatoes. At this point in time, a couple weeks later, you probably, um, if we have another, if we have a freeze, it might be the easiest thing to do might be to, to pick Pick all the full-size tomatoes and let the, let it uh, tough it out, tough out the freeze because uh, there's no, you know bringing the tomatoes all the way through to the end of the year. I'm not sure how much of an advantage is at this point. Well, you okay? So you planted just once, and it was midsummer. I planted third week in July, and okay. I, was, I was a little late because I was out of town, but. Um, that that turned out to be with the w- nice weather we had. That turned out to be perfect. And what did you plant? I planted all of the recommended varieties, of course. BHN 968, um, Roma, Roma uh, Surprise, Surefire, Surefire uh, Lavaca, mm-hmm. and then I and Tycoon uh, Red Deuce because we wanted to try Red Deuce. I think Red Deuce was a oh it was did great. very well, uh, yeah. yeah. And then I had Celebrity, and Celebrity turned out really well, too. I was amazed. It was great to see Red Deuce uh, right next to a row of uh, Celebrity. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think of Celebrity as being huge, yeah. but, but it is. <laughs> it's uh, an it's much bigger. Yeah, much bigger. And uh, Tycoon, uh, for the first time, I think, in our experience with it, did have some real problems this year. There's some... Some type of virus that oh really on on you know it's when you list tomatoes that have really virus protections that's usually the one that does, that fares pretty well but uh, this year it had it's, and it's we had other problem. people call and tell us that yeah, didn't we, did. we? Yeah. okay who yeah. had recommended that put it on the market <laughs> I, I never did like that tomato you know. <laughs> Maybe I think <laughs> after all these years, I, I think there's a conspiracy. I knew it was going to go that. Yeah. <laughs> conspiracy. Now the Lavaca, we have to make some kind of judgment on that, Jerry. Have you? What are you thinking? Uh, everybody likes likes the flavor of it, and uh, seemed to do okay and, for and the fall. Yeah, it did it? It was a heat setter, fairly heat setter. Now to, to throw my head with it, it was that it when it's maturing its fruit at the same time that tycoon and red deuce and oh yeah you don't you know you kind of pass up the yeah you want the big one yeah but uh when it's when it's uh surefire and uh lavaca then then it's, it's something different did but you plant in august uh, on the times we would have reckoned normally recommended I, I did i did plant uh a week later i planted the uh red deuce and uh, I can't remember which, what I planted. Maybe it was just the red deuce that I planted a week later. Right, yeah, because yeah. the plants weren't available. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Later. But your red deuce turned out fine. Ooh, yeah, I was real happy with the red Yeah, deuce. but I think we've the people that we got calls from who waited until August didn't have the Thanksgiving tomatoes, did they, or did they? I think they did have Thanksgiving okay. tomatoes. Yeah, they did. Okay. But they didn't. They didn't have, uh, they still got, you know, and you you don't know. We didn't me- measure this, but they maybe had uh, as many Thanksgiving potato uh, tomatoes as we did, and now they still have some, or they had some other tomatoes after that, but mine is kind of quit about December 1st. I don't remember when the last time I picked those. Uh, 
maybe the first week in December I was still getting tomatoes, but after that, so was our recommendation for this next year. Yeah, I was going to say, gosh, I, you know, uh, we're going to be real conservative. Plant some do early the, ones and some late ones. Yeah, I think we'll be conservative. We, uh, we certainly didn't go wrong with the recommendation this year. No, no. And everybody had something they liked. BHN 968 just continues to. <laughs> and you know, we, it's it's possible we'll have another. You know, we've had freezes as early as uh, Halloween, uh, and and uh, I, I remember a grow a farmer losing five acres of tomatoes, big fruit. I'm talking mm. about that they were loaded with tomatoes, Gracious. big fruit, and they all froze on Halloween. How do they do that? How how do they go to sleep that <laughs> night knowing that? <laughs> is it just prayer and? Yeah, well, that's farming. Okay, gambling. Well, you, you you know, if you note when you talk to a farmer, it's never everything's going well. You know, if everything is going well, what they then they do say what like Jerry did. You know, I remember <laughs> when this this week, ten years ago, when this big freeze came. So I'm nervous about it. Or, you yeah. know, uh, what if? What if the water line broke down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always tell, tell the farmer the worst thing that a farmer can do is that we've got the best tomatoes we've ever had. I said, do not say that. So you, uh, <laughs> the, the, do not say that. The growing gods, yeah. you know, then you catch their ear. and <laughs> Because you, you're getting ready for a hailstorm or a free early freeze or something that can mess your crop up. But anyway, I, I I think the what we learned this year is because of the late freezes that we've had for the last what, three years, two to three years, uh, that we ought to have them plant those real fast maturing varieties, which have a tendency to to uh, go ahead and set fruit, and then the plant shuts down. Yeah, for sure. So we got our Thanksgiving tomatoes. And uh, luckily, they they carried over a little bit into the the, the early fast maturing ones, carried over a little bit into Christmas because of the warm weather. But uh, the ones that are really looking good now for Christmas are the later maturing large fruit variety. So I think you need a combination, uh-huh. a nice combination. You know, on uh, our survey though, that we didn't hear. Much about the other variety. We did hear just one report about uh, Valley Cat and yeah. and uh, Valley Girl, mm-hmm. which were, were kind of a the opposite of what we would have expected. But you know, you just can't you can't rely on just one one report. But we didn't hear a lot of talk about four 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 or yeah Solar right. Fire or Phoenix mm-hmm. or any of those that we would expect to be performing. It'd be interesting to see if they had that same problem that Tycoon had, um, but we haven't uh, haven't heard anything like no, that. No, we'll have to reach out again. That's why we. That's why we always tell people, uh, regardless of if you, you you fall in love with a one variety and, and then you make the mistake of saying, "That's all I'm going to plant next year," like Tycoon. And uh, you know that's all I'm going to plan next year. Like Steve Brown said, uh, and yeah. Then, then along comes a 
a year that that one doesn't do any good and something like celebrity or no, people love oh, celebrity though, yeah, but, yeah yeah but it has its years and yeah. it doesn't do well either Hey, we need to take a break while we do. Sit back and relax. Don't call us. Just uh, enjoy the show. Did I mention how deep to plant onions? I don't think we No, let's about come that. back. When we, when we come back, we'll okay. talk about how deep okay. to plant onions okay. and uh, more onion talk in just a moment. You're listening <laughs> to Millburgers Gardening South Texas, our Christmas Eve edition, right here on 930 AM. This is The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. Millburgers wants to take this time just to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas weekend. After the holidays, we want to remind you of something. Millburgers will help you get rid of your Christmas tree with their Christmas tree disposal. I think from January 2nd through January 13th, you can bring Christmas trees bought anywhere, not just at Millburgers. Now make sure you get to rid of all the ornaments and lights and wires and metals, but bring them over to Millburgers. They'll dispose of them and give you a coupon good for 20% off any regularly priced merchandise purchased by February 28th, 2017. Now there's some little details in this, so go to MillburgerNursery.com to learn more. That's MillburgerNursery.com. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday, and Millburgers will be here after the holidays to help you have a wonderful 2017. From Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. When the weather outside is frightful, the birds are more delightful. With colder temperatures, birds are active at the feeders. If you want to enjoy the beauty and the thrill of watching nature in your own backyard, Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Shops in San Antonio can show you how. There is nothing quite like the enjoyment you get from watching finches at the feeder or purple martins teaching their young in his eye. Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Stores can help you create the perfect backyard nature sanctuary. Whether you're a novice or an expert, one that attracts a certain bird or that keeps squirrels away, or even one where you can sit back and and watch the playful squirrels at the feeder. Wild Birds Unlimited also has unique items for the nature enthusiast. You'll find binoculars, wind chimes, tilly hats, carved canes, art for the home, and more. Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Stores. With three San Antonio and Shirts locations, like Braun Road in 1604, or call 375-3611. That's 375-3611. Hello, this is Randy Adams, learning to buy and sell cars.com. I want to buy your vehicle, the good, the bad, and the ugly, any kind of condition, fair market value. This is learn to buy and sell cars.com. Randy Adams, 830-625-7159 is my phone number. Hi, I'm Jono. And I'm Pammy. After more than 10 years of serving South Texas as Delightful Blinds, we've grown to serve you better. We've changed our name to Delightful Decors. Blinds, shutters, floors, and more. And we invite you to our brand new showroom at 3009 and 35 in shirts. But even after opening our new store, we still come to you. Without the big box environment and no beeping forklifts. Delightful Decors is your cozy local mom and pop one-stop shop for all your installed foundational home decor projects. And we carry the top name brands of blinds, shades, drapery, and shutters. Right now, we've got a special buy three, get one free on all of our window treatments. Check out our PowerView motorized treatments that allow you to operate your shades from your smartphone. Get, Get delighted, delighted with, with delightful, delightful decors. decors. For blind shades and more, you're sure to adore. Get delighted with delightful decors. Call 844 decors That's 844-433-2677. 
the most wonderful time of the year. And we hope you celebrate with family and friends. It's the most wonderful time. Thanks for making 2016 historic in more ways than one. Our country made decisions that will impact our lives for years to come. 2017 is shaping up to be just as memorable. Of course, you'll hear all about it right here. Thanks for listening. And Merry Christmas from 930 AM. The answer. Hi, this is Carl Amari, host of Hollywood 360, where I present the best in classic radio. It's the show about all things entertainment. Join Carl Amari for Hollywood 360, Sunday nights at midnight on 930 AM. The answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM, The Answer. You're listening to the show. It's recorded today so because uh, Millburgers is closed. So it's closed today, now that you're listening to this. It was open this morning, uh, but closed today, closed tomorrow, Christmas Day, and then closed on the 26th. So family can celebrate the holidays. Their employers, employees can celebrate and their families can celebrate together. And, of course, they wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. Uh, Jerry, Calvin, and I are here recording this for you, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think you've discussed where onions come from. Are they an American, uh... Don't, I wish you wouldn't encourage him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably need to add a section. Yeah, um, the origin um, of onions. The origin of onions. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, Kevin, can you <laughs> cut down the section if I add a little... You know, there have been books written about that. Heather, there are, uh, there are onion books? Yeah, alliums, yeah. Wow. Oh, is onion an allium? Yeah. Okay. What else is an allium? Garlic? Is garlic a... No. Okay. Well, let's see. Yeah, it is an allium. Is it, is it a garlic? Okay. There's, but there's a, a large number of uh, ornamental allium, yeah. too, that we don't use as much down here as they do north and okay. other places, milder climates. Really, some really attractive, spectacular-looking mm. plants. But an, another great thing covered by this article. Yeah, the onion article on PlantAnswers? On PlantAnswers.com, the full <laughs> article. Um, let's it's re- how deep to plant an onion. <coughs> now, yeah. our, our, uh, if, you, if you look in our literature, uh, old, older literature, it's, uh, they talk about uh, uh, knuckle-deep. Uh, plant the onion three-fourths of an inch deep, about knuckle-deep. And three to f- three inch, three to four inches apart. That, that's in our uh, publications that take us in in. But when you're dealing with a container, oh, <clears throat> when you're dealing with a container, I think you need to plant a little bit, uh, a little bit deeper. Uh, I say in that uh, the transplants can be planted deeper in the loose potting mix of a container. Uh, make sure that the base of the transplant, of the onion transplant, with its roots, is buried in the in the prepared potting mix. In other words, you know, a lot of a lot of containers, uh, and you can plant them in the side of containers too, are, are lined with sphagnum moss or something. So if you if you stick by your uh, knuckle deep, you might you might not be good into the into the planting media itself. So uh, you can plant them deeper. Now, I haven't run any experiments on exactly, see exactly how deep you can plant them. But we have run experiments on on the uh, onions that uh, that they will bulb if they're the, the right variety, regardless of how deep you plant them. 
their bulb on the outside of the container. I think I think they have to have light to uh, before they start when they, when they start forming their bulb. Uh, so don't worry about planting uh, too deep. Lots oh, of okay. Lots of nutrients and and light. Um, I was going to bring. Oh, I wanted to um, since this is the uh, Christmas Eve show. I mm-hmm. wanted to remind everybody too about the care of uh, poinsettias, Jerry. Okay. Yeah, because Jerry, we're, is it similar to care for onions <laughs> as it is for poinsettias? Sorry, Calvin. <laughs> Calvin just rolled his eyes. It is very gave, similar. Give me the look. Do you have an article on that? <laughs> no. Okay, I'll put one of those together. Oh, that'll be great. Okay, Calvin. No <laughs> well, they do. They do last uh, the same five or six months that Jerry's talking about onions last. Yeah. Night. If if they stay moist, if you uh, there's a couple other things too. Uh, we'll talk more about the yeah the watering, but. You want to keep them out of the uh, drafts. Cold or hot drafts will reduce their their life. In one article, I said reduce their life by half. I'm not sure mm. where I they came up with that. <laughs> Sounds so, good, though. Yeah, um, but they, you know, if they're by a heat register, they definitely don't don't care for that, and they it, they uh, lose some appearance and uh, don't last long. And then the other thing is if uh, if there's freezing temperatures, I don't, I don't know how many people have told us stories about buying their poinsettia and then taking it out into the cold and yeah. taking it to their car or leaving it in the car when it's cold or, mm. or when it's hot and come back and it's either fried or frozen. Yeah. That'll that'll end its uh, uh, attractiveness pretty pretty quickly. I took a trailer full of them to Tennessee one time and, and stayed the night in Little Rock, okay. Arkansas, and it got almost it got below forty five degrees, and I believe that's the cutoff because they are a tropical yeah. plant, and uh, it didn't defoliate them or or see anything, but over a period of time. The leaves started uh, losing their color. Uh-huh. Well, that's a and good. And I told my mother, I don't know what happened to. Her. That's a good point because <laughs> I, I've been mentioning f- freezing temperatures, but but uh, I think you know forty degrees, forty four, forty five, just like bougainvilleas. I, I think that'll uh, that'll hurt them, especially yeah. over a prolonged period of time. Yeah. On the watering, that seems to be the real key, and uh, we we recommend the watering program where every week you go to the sink and you soak them and let it let the water drain out the hole and now that that you know that gets to be a bit of a burden you could do that every three days or so if you to to keep them well even even every couple days because that soil is so well drained but the way we get away with only doing it once a week is uh, the that uh, ice cube trick that Jerry and uh, Jeremy worked on. Um, what you do is, uh, I always say four to six ice cubes, and it's a it's a minimal amount of water you're putting in there. You're just trying to maintain them to make it to the to the week, and it usually works pretty well. I don't, you know, I've, yeah. And uh, it also what it's make, saves is that you don't have water dripping through the on the furniture yeah because uh you usually want you want to put those spectacular poinsettias uh someplace really visible uh, and on the nice furniture or the 
buffet or ta- dining room table, and it uh, doesn't do to have the them dripping water there. <laughs> so you can, and, you, know, you, you don't those. you don't want them you don't want them you, they're hard to move uh, they're brittle. Point that yeah, and so another. so mm. that that sink uh, that sink or a bucket or whatever is a, is a, is a that is the best remedy is to give them a soaking every week but sometimes that's not real practical especially if you've got them in a in a display yeah that's and true yeah you, you don't want to take them down and yeah, i've we, seen seen those in then, some, some then you up the ice cubes i guess a 30-foot pyramid the, yeah. uh, oh wow yeah that's right that's right the important uh, the important thing if you've got a situation like that is be sure when you put before you put them in the display is that they've got a good water in other words they're watered well do you do your soaking before you soaking and draining before you put them in the display mm-hmm. and then be real judicious about those ice cubes to maintain that moisture level do you want to tell us what soaking means because you you said you corrected last week when you were talking about them. You said, now, I don't mean to dip them all the way down underneath yeah, the water. Yeah, you let them uh, <coughs> soak up the water from below. So you're going to do it so in the sink. How, how far, how high? We, we call it sub-irrigation. How, right. how, how deep are you going to? Sub-irrigation. Sub-irrigation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, let them soak it up from oh, the yeah. bottom. So how kind, deep? Kind of like you do uh, uh, African violin. Okay, you're going to let it wake up. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Good Thank for you. Right. Man. I'm glad I'm here. So, okay, so how much water, <laughs> how many inches of water are you going to? Well, if they're w- it's one gallon container, let's say. Okay, uh-huh. you just you put a, uh, maybe a couple of inches. Okay. They just put it in there because it'll, it'll wick it up. Okay. Like you said. Yeah, and you let it sit there so that it can get, make sure it yeah. gets water all the way through, and uh, then you let let the water let the water kind of drain out too, so that you're ready for action. Now, do you? Um, I used to think that taking off that aluminum foil was so hard, the decorative foil, but it really isn't. That. No, they just slip yeah. on the pot covers. Like yeah, on. I don't know if it's better now than it used to be, but it. But you don't have to untangle it or anything. You just sort of slip it off. And yeah. Slip it back. Well, I used to, used to. My old mama used to. They used to wrap them in uh, foil, like kind of that uh, colorful wrapping paper mm-hmm. type of foil, you know. And that's when you yeah. were running. The, but these things are preformed for the pot size. So when you buy them, you buy a seven and a half inch pot. You get the cover that just slides on there so keep that you know that'll if you keep that uh, watering formula going and avoid those drafts either hot or cold you're talking about four or five months easy on the poinsettia now some people get a little tired of them before then and that's that's fine if you're making the choice but it's different if you're just uh careless and let them decline that's not as much fun so, despite your best advice, have you seen them around San Antonio still growing? Uh, I know we had reports a couple years ago of oh, you one mean of the in, the, in the landscape? Yeah, one of the oh, churches yeah. in Alamo Heights oh, yeah. had one, and I got it was I protected. And I got one on my back porch. That, oh, do you really? Yeah. Just, how old is it? Um, I don't know how many. I don't. 
it's at least one year. Okay. Judy put it out there, and the, the thing about it is, uh, and it's just an example of how much they've improved, um, you know, it's out there, uh, gets morning sun, mm-hmm. but it's against the building, so it gets some reflection off there, but as long as you keep it watered, it can handle that. It can handle that reflection. The neat thing about it is that it's uh, color. It's showing color now, which which is something that you don't always get when you put them in the landscape or yeah. put them outside. But you uh, you're more likely nowadays to get that color, the timing that you want. Uh, Jerry brought this up as the uh, the because the. The new varieties, you take they're a little more neutral in terms of the darkness. You don't have to do the 12 hours in the closet <laughs> or a bag over the top. Uh, actually, the amount of uh, dark weather we get, a dark uh, period that we get uh, this time of the year is usually enough for it. Except I told you about that example of the, the, lady, the lady that was just, you know, was followed all those instructions had been on plan answers and she says i think i've done everything right and i just not getting the timing and uh i was trying to think of what else might do and i mentioned well i said so well sometimes um spotlights or na- or uh lights at night will do it you know like even if you have a have have them on for um Four or five days in a row. She said, oh, "You're a genius." <laughs> <laughs> so, it's you like said, that. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's she was looking for a reason. You don't know for sure if that's a reason, yeah. but but it it could be. Yeah, probably so. The uh, Milton, when we first used to recommend that, uh, put them in the closet uh, for twelve hours, constant darkness. Uh, People would forget the they'd get the instructions, <laughs> but they'd put them in the closet and just forget about and it. leave them in there for a month, <laughs> and then Carl said, "Mine didn't color, but it lost all its leaves. <laughs> it looks tried. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, I used to have the same problem when I put my kids in a closet. Uh, I forget. <laughs> We're going to take a break and get you caught up with the news. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas." Hey, to find out the hours and what's going on and to find out about Millburgers, uh, uh, Millburgers will be taking trees back. There's a coupon on the website that you can get, too, uh, just like they do every year, and then they'll give you a certificate. So uh, learn more about that at MillburgerNursery.com. That's MillburgerNursery.com. We're going to take a break and come back more, or come back with more of our Christmas Eve show in just a moment with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. I'm Milton Glick, and this is 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to the second hour of Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, our phone number is unimportant today because uh, we're recording the show. We're not at the nursery because uh, hopefully uh, we're celebrating Christmas with family and friends. And hopefully you are too. So uh, Millburgers wishes you and your family a very safe and happy holiday. They're closed tomorrow too for Christmas and then closed on Monday the 26th as well. So uh, just uh, get ready and make up if you got a Millburgers gift card. Uh, you can come on by as of the 27th and use it. <clears throat> Wait a minute. They closed Monday Saturday. the 26th, yeah. Oh, they closed Monday, too. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have to do a show. We don't Monday. have to worry about Monday. There you go. So um, 
Uh, Jerry, you were talking. Has the onion played an important part of history? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on that. As a, don't, don't do anything on your onion article yet, Kevin. <laughs> I've got the history of the onions coming up. But... Uh, I think Napoleon I, 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 had a relationship well, with the onion, and they've was a, got an interesting history. Do they? Yeah. Well, and, and they, Jerry's got a some. Uh, I think you got to write up on plantanswers dot com about right. all the work that the uh, going from the the George onions, the Vidalias, oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and the Texas, the Texas roll in there, oh, which yeah, was yeah. was uh, right. was a primary a good role. memory there. Yeah, that 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 is a really interesting thing that. And uh, the it tells the see the Vidalia onion the gran is really the gran start out as being the Granax, which is a cross between a Grano, which is the original Bermuda type onion that all the sweet onions originated from. But uh, that started in Texas, so onion Texas got a rich onion, and that's uh, all you have to do is look on uh, go to plantanswers dot com and open the first search engine there. To the left and uh, type in onion history. Yeah. So is and, that like? Go ahead. I'm sorry. And that, that tells mainly about the Texas onion history. Now is this like Star Wars, where that's the prequel to there the, you go. The, this article? There you go. Ooh. So okay. Well, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna read the article first, <laughs> and then go back and check out the history. There well, you go. The relationship between those famous onions is, you know, is pre- is pre- real interesting, and you people credit. Which you know, when you we meet gardeners, vegetable gardeners who have been from Georgia or, or Northwest, they all have their favorite onion. Yeah, they talk like it was the, the original, or... yeah, the original onion and the primary one, and that you know the Texas versions are they're okay, but they will never match that. Uh, <laughs> and little do they know, quite often that the, uh, the Texas onion was the forerunner and. Uh, you know, same. Some of them are almost exactly the same. Yeah, the as, Vidalia onion is a Texas onion grown in Vidalia. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that and makes sense. and the majority of them are grown by Dixondale Farms. Their their website, by the way, is Dixondale D I X O N D A L E Dixondalefarms dot com. So. Uh, I don't know if they've got. It. I haven't looked at. I don't remember looking at their their history. I, I I think they've got their history on there. All right. Which goes which predates Fidelia. So uh, they and they still grow a lot of uh, onions by the truckload. <clears throat> Onion transplants for Vidalia. Have we covered everything in onions? <clears throat> oh no! Oh no! There's not more. Even, there can't not, be. Not even close. Wow. Calvin, what do you know? <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of other topics here. Yeah. Um, we're kind of cro- in January. We'll be crossing over quite often uh, in our flower gardens. We go we go through a period when the snapdragons and the stocks, especially, um, quit blooming for a while. They go, you know, they have a little rest period. I'm not sure if the weather stays mild, whether we'll experience that or not. And usually, and quite often, the premier snapdragon blooming time is, uh, you know, the second half of February through uh, the end of April. Um, but uh, that, if we mild, the weather stays mild, we may not see that kind of a, a dormant period when the blooms quit. 
I've gotten questions before about uh, should we pull them? Are they done? Well, no. The best the best time for snapdragon blooms are afterwards. So, uh, of course, pansies pansies you just keep blooming pretty steady, and uh, and they 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 don't have to get really cold. I'm trying to remember if it's got at least once well, since I've been here since uh, um, what 30 years or mm-hmm. 25 years that we had a where we had some pansy blooms knocked off. Oh, oh, you mean freeze? Yeah. Hard freeze? Yeah. But they, you know, didn't take them long. They came they came back. So the pansies are one of the toughest ones. Petunias will be potentially go be a period of time when they won't be blooming. And then we talked so a lot. So they like fall rather than winter? Is Yeah. But and they'll come back in the spring. Yeah, but with there's been a couple developments there on the petunias that make them more, more and more. Uh, you know, we consider them for a full winter plant. Part of it is the mild weather, and the other part is the new selections are right. so tough. And things like uh, the wave and started out with carpet even was a yeah. was and a Laura good, Laura Bush was chosen yeah. for the winter hardiness. Yeah. So there's lot, so there are petunias out there that that will uh, can tolerate a lot of cold weather and may, and make it through uh, through the uh, winter too. So what about my, the cyclamen? The, obviously they'll keep going, but we'll kind of stop talking about them a little bit. So should you there be any specific care for cyclamen? Yeah, you're gonna <coughs> just kind of gonna watch them. They're not xeriscape plants. We've talked about this too. They're they're uh, unusual in that they're one of the few bedding plants where the soil is, they use a real dense, kind of a lot of sand in it, and uh, so it's a real different texture. And uh, I was going to kind of, as the year progresses, I wanted to see where those roots, where the root system mm-hmm. goes. And I, and I remembered in past, though, when I've tr- pull, pulled them up or tried to transplant them, that the root does move out into that other soil, but so they need to, yeah, they need to be watched. And then, of course, as Jerry keeps reminding everybody that uh, even though they are in a sheltered location, um, you and you don't want those blooms to be knocked off. The leaves are pretty invincible; they're, they're in the same league as pansies, but but the blooms aren't. And once and they, the buds, yeah, the once buds. they get now, if you get a really light uh, cold experience for them, uh, and it just gets to establish blooms, and you do have those buds that come yeah. up. But but if they freeze those blooms in the buds, then you got a long, long wait. And and here it's sometimes you n- you never get the that full bloom restored. So you want to yeah for that for the for the color and 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 the cost of the plant and everything else. It, it's it's better to protect, yeah, uh, and from the wind too. So you uh, use a blanket or some type of blanket over them. Yeah, and I like that they were talking about our insulate, and in the and in the, I have a a piece of fabric that is kind of cut to the dimensions of the bed, mm-hmm. and that's so easy. All you and you really don't have to do much for protection. I just Play, put it on there. I know you've talked about tenting it a little bit, but I've never had to do that. Just put it on top of those blooms, and they seem to, so far, you know, the last five or six years. They've, How do you hold a side down with a rebar? Or? I just use uh, 
or something. Yeah, rebar is a good idea. I would just use rock. Oh, rocks. Okay. Yeah, but that that is not the best. Rock is not the best way because you always have a corner or a, that gets a ball that out. gets loose. Yeah, it gets loose. That's a rebar is a real good idea. Gets, yeah, and, and then you can wrap it, yeah. wrap the rebar in there, and just some like six foot pieces, right? So they're not too heavy, and you got some flexibility. That's, that's a real good idea. Put that on there. Way to go! That's where we do these shows, so we can give each other good ideas. <laughs> but right. um, so, how long will Cyclamen last without you? Suddenly looking pathetic. Well, I think I think end of April. They're not. They don't like hot weather. So, okay. So once that starts, I mean, we have a little tendency. I think to, to forget about them. You probably, if you really nursed them along, you might. And the weather was mild. You might get some May w- blooms out of them. Some places they do, uh, but uh, at least at least you should get April. Um, the other thing, we don't fertilize them a lot. You know, we don't, I, at least I've never thought about doing it every three weeks like we do the, the onions or the greens. How uh, often do you water yours? Yeah. Very seldom? No, I water mine. Do you? Quite often, yeah. So well, you could use that water soluble fertilizer? Except, yeah, except I use a... Uh, um, Sprinkler hose? A hose-in, uh, no, no, you know, a nozzle or um, or the drip irrigation in there. Okay. So that's what I was going to talk about is when you you got to be real careful with the the lawn fertilizer with yeah yeah cuz that that the dust mm-hmm. uh r- really uh is affects the the blooms it burns the blooms mm-hmm. yeah you said that that happens yeah, so you, yeah. you, you you know you, you not when you're doing your side dressing you got to be real careful and if you plant them real close together it gets hard harder and harder to uh, get the so you water over the top with a sprinkler, well, uh, hose or well, with a uh, water bucket wand with a, a wand. wand. But I try. I generally don't do over the top. I generally try to do along the side. Oh, okay. Because because uh, the have you ever tried a Siphonex? You know you know that thing that you put, you mix up your solution in a bucket ten to one. No, I haven't tried. That. And then uh, turn the turn the hose on and it it sucks it. I forget what what the name of the term on that is, but it sucks it into into the water. So it's just a five gallon bucket work. Yeah, but uh, they yeah we're probably not <coughs> developing the full potential because when you think think about how if you grow them in the house, yeah, how big they get and so loaded with yeah blooms, it, it seems like they could probably. What ideal temperature do they want? Is there an ideal? Well, because your home's about seventy-ish, give or take. Yeah. It's going to be lower in this winter, and no, I think yeah, I think I think seventy would suit them. But they, um, uh, you know, I think forty-five at night and seventy oh. seventy during the day. Okay, but uh, they like it cool, but they don't like it cold. Oh, okay, okay. And sun. And that, well, another thing that we've talked about before is that. If the temperatures are cool, they can put up with a little more sun. But you know, once you get up there above eighty, you get real sensitive to the to the sun too, and that's when you can get the burning. That's why we always try to we wait on them a little while and pan and wait on pansies. What about the the purple lantana? Are people starting to see that, or is it too soon? 
Cause no, it's it's blooming. Is it blooming now? Yeah, yeah, it's blooming. I've it depends seen. on your site. Yeah, I've no. seen some sites blooming. I've seen some some where it's hardened off a bit that are out more in the open, but then then in the kind of the semi-shaded spots, mm-hmm. blooming and this, you know, expect it'll keep doing it all winter like it has in past years. In just about a week, we can plant our tulips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's about time. Uh, if you've got the pre-chilled, we don't have the pre-chilled anymore. I miss that. Yeah. I don't know. I've kind of gotten off. When you think about how um, easy it is to, you know, your, your bloom, you might end up with three days bloom. And the heat, the wind, uh, rain. I know you're a big tulip person. It was just fun because <laughs> it was tulips. And I was growing them in a container. It was like, wow, this is cool. I feel so... Uh, Dutch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they are spectacular. You know, the thing that I'm going to um, grow more of, Jerry, is the gladiolas. Now, when do you plant those? Those are bulbs, right? Yeah, f- uh, February. The, oh, okay. a good time. And uh, I've had good luck with just leaving them in the ground. And uh, I don't know if we expect them to decline if you leave them in the ground like we do other some other bulbs, but uh, so far I haven't seen that happen. So does that mean they naturalize, or you mean you yeah, just yeah? Plant well, you them? just kind of just saves you some work. Okay. You you know you put them plant them in your row, in the cut flower garden, and then um, then you can plant zinnias or something uh, over them once they uh, you know, July or so when they're finished. But boy, they're hard to beat for the colors and mm-hmm. cut flowers. They're just spectacular. And they've got some big, big bloom varieties. Yeah, in there. they're easy, easy to grow. You know, when they did that, they had that uh, Israeli farm in Laredo to evaluate crops for that area down there, and they had a heavy soil and and mo- most of the cut flowers didn't do well. But uh, gladiolas, they said they could. Uh, you know, get enough blooms and uh-huh. uh, out of the cost of the bulbs and everything else. Are they bulbs? Mm-hmm. I don't think they're bulbs. I call them bulbs. Yeah. Corn, uh, are they corn? Corms? You could be right. Yeah. yeah. What's the difference between a corm and a bulb? I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> right. We, we, um, we're familiar with the rhizomes because we use so many iris. Right. But then you get beyond that, beyond that, bulbs, corms, and all those other. Just like apples and oranges. And mm-hmm. Are they that different? Yeah. Okay. That's weird. Well, I'll have to look it up. I'll look it up and I'll yeah, get back you, to you, you next week. You probably like go. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe you could like write you like a dissertation on that. You know, an yeah, eight I'll, or nine page. Uh, I'll have to paper. read Jerry's Onion thing to see how it's done. And well, there then you just go. Copy his style. Let's take a quick break while we do. Uh, you sit back and enjoy the show. I'm so used to saying call us, so don't call us because we're not there today. You can call and speak to the board op if you want. You don't just want to give say a number just for the full time sake? No. Okay. 308-8867. Call, and the studio engineer is listening to this, so you can call and wish him a Merry Christmas if you like. That would be nice at 308-8867. You'll be asleep. No, I'm sure they're listening to every word, especially <laughs> taking notes on the onions. Um, we're going to come back in just a moment. More Maybe I'll mo- give him an autographed copy of this onion. I right think he'd like that. There I think go. he'd like that. Now, this I'll doesn't be. have pictures, though, right? No, no pictures yet. All right, we're going to take a break. The, let me show you the no pictures. No pictures. I mean, that'll be another eight pages. <laughs> see the pictures? Did you see the pictures? <laughs> Let's see the pictures. Look at Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> All right. You can it's have just onion, It's just onion leaves. <laughs> 
We're going to take a break and come back and more with more in a moment on Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Nursery's closed today, uh, closed tomorrow, closed on the 26th as well. So uh, you enjoy your vacation, and then come visit us on the 27th here at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. Back in a moment on 930 AM, this is The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. Millburgers wants to take this time just to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas weekend. After the holidays, we want to remind you of something. Millburgers will help you get rid of your Christmas tree with their Christmas tree disposal. From January 2nd through January 13th, you can bring Christmas trees bought anywhere, not just at Millburgers. Now make sure you get rid of all the ornaments and lights and wires and metals, but bring them over to Millburgers. They'll dispose of them and give you a coupon good for 20% off any regularly priced merchandise purchased by February 28th, 2017. Now there's some little details in this, so go to MillburgerNursery.com to learn more. That's MillburgerNursery.com. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday, and Millburgers will be here after the holidays to help you have a wonderful 2017. From Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. When the weather outside is frightful, the birds are more delightful. With colder temperatures, birds are active at the feeders. If you want to enjoy the beauty and the thrill of watching nature in your own backyard, Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Shops in San Antonio can show you how. There is nothing quite like the enjoyment you get from watching finches at the feeder or purple martins teaching their young to fly. Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Stores can help you create the perfect backyard nature sanctuary. Whether you're a novice or an expert, one that attracts a certain bird or that keeps squirrels away, or even one where you can sit back and watch the playful squirrels at the feeder. Wild Birds Unlimited also has unique items for the nature enthusiast. You'll find binoculars, wind chimes, chili hats, carved canes, art for the home, and more. Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Stores, with three San Antonio and Shirts locations, like Northwest Military at Hebner Road, or call 479-BIRD. That's 479-BIRD. Hello, this is Randy Adams. I want to buy and sell cars.com. I want to buy your vehicle, the good, the bad, and the ugly, any kind of condition, fair market value. This is Learn to Buy and Sell Cars.com. Randy Adams, 830 625 7159 is my phone number. Hi, Rose. Thanks for coming over for lunch. Come on in. Ah, thanks, Linda, for having me. Wow, it smells like garlic in here. Are you trying to ward off some vampires? <laughs> Not at all. I recently read an article on the health benefits of garlic, so I'm trying to add more into my daily diet. Why don't you just take Kyolic Aged Garlic? What's Kyolic Aged Garlic? Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract is the number one best-selling odorless garlic supplement on the market today. Notice I said odorless. Oh, really? Tell me more. Not only is Kyolic organically grown, but it's aged for 20 months, creating beneficial compounds not found in fresh or powdered garlic. Is there any research? Can you believe there's over 750 published scientific studies that prove aged garlic extract reduces many cardiovascular risk factors and supports overall immunity? So where can I get Kyolic? Kyolic aged garlic extract is available at fine health food stores everywhere. Check out their website at kyolic.com. You can fix your own fence and paint your own house. But when it comes to electrical work, leave it to the professionals at Bolt Electric. With 30 years of electrical experience and customer service, Bolt Electric has the most five-star Google reviews in San Antonio. Bolt Electric. From residential fixes like breaker boxes and ceiling fans to commercial transformers and bucket truck projects. 
Call Bolt Electric at 210-545-BOLT. BoltElectricSA.com. License TECL 26658. Take 930 AM The Answer with you everywhere you go with the 930 AM The Answer app. Simply go to the app store on your mobile device, type in 930 AM The Answer, download the app, and you'll always be in touch. Breaking news, stimulating talk, 930 AM The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. And uh, you want to? Oh, oh, I have a question. Okay. You do? I do. So here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna phrase it like this, y'all. I'm, su- I'm surprising you with this. Oh. So uh, I just cut off my uh, my headphones here. Oh. Okay. Uh-oh, I can't hear anything. But your headphones are on your head. Yeah. No, they. Uh, I cut off the the wire here. Oh. All right. So the question is, am I? Uh, yeah, I'm on. So. Um, it's the day after. It's the day before Christmas. So today and tomorrow, I'm going to enjoy my container-grown living Christmas tree. What do I do on the 26th? Well, the best the best thing to do, um, you know, and it doesn't have to be exactly the 26th, but you you want to minimize the amount of time that the the tree is in uh, out of its natural environment. You know, in, in especially if it's in the house. You know, if you can reduce that to three weeks or four weeks, you're better off because the transition is much better. But a lot of a lot of times, people uh, like to keep their trees to New Year New Year's, Milton, and so they oh, do. Yeah. yeah, you just keep watering it. But as soon as you're ready, then you take it to your predetermined site, and hopefully the hole's already dug, and uh, you have some help. Because they're, it's got its root system on there, and they can be heavy. And you put it in there, and you soak it. Like, you know, it, then you it, your tree planting uh, instructions take over. You, put, you, you dig the hole two or three times as wide as the roots are and just as deep as the container. And then you put them in the hole and... Uh, fill the fill the hole with water. Uh, you you want that that water is important. Put in some. I always like to put in some soil and put water in there, and then put more soil, and so that the you know the kind of the, most of those air pockets are eliminated, and it wets the soil around. And then you put uh, com, compost over the. I mean, well, compost works. Mulch over the uh, that root area. Uh, too, and you just that, that tree graduates from being your holiday tree to your new landscape tree. Is there any? And I was I was messing with my headphones. I don't know if you covered this. So you're kind of are you trying to avoid any sense of shock at all that you know it was in the house and now suddenly you've thrown it out in the bright sun or with winter it'll be okay? Well, you can. Um, it, I, I know doing really hot. Christmas periods, we sometimes say transition. If it's been in the shade as a decorated tree, put it out in the morning sun for a couple of days and before you. I'm not sure how effective that is. I guess uh, it doesn't hurt anything, but uh, getting it in the ground is, 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 pretty, is really pretty important as quick as you can. And these are tough. We're talking about tough spe- species here, trees that... Are well adapted, so they they can take a lot of abuse. But the less the less abuse they have, the better chance they're going to have to perform well. 
So have you picked up on the fact that Neil Sperry is not real high on living Christmas trees? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Neat. I didn't realize he was, but he he writes in his book uh, that uh, because uh, I think we take you take we take care of this. So it says buy a type that has a reasonable chance of surviving in your climate. So Millburgers has been real good about only stocking the ones that that have a chance of doing well in the environment. Yeah, as as effective and as knowledgeable as Neil is. I don't think he had the same experience with his nursery industry that that uh, we have here, and yeah. which is largely, uh, to, you know, the relationship you've had with him for years, mm. where, you know, at uh, everyone at the uh, Living Christmas Tree, they're starting to sell at Millburgers is is a pretty well well, well adapted. Well, yeah, yeah, we can feel we can feel pretty confident that it's going to be successful. I think Neil is. Uh, uh, just not had that same kind of, you know, certainly not like the Rodeo Tomato yeah, yeah, yeah. or uh, Texas Superstars, you know, our, our nurseries get put out if uh, if there's not enough uh, <laughs> pre-communications uh, ahead of time mm-hmm. on new plant material that's coming out so they can take advantage of it. And uh, it's good for our, for us too, and it's good for our gardening community because our gardeners can be more successful if they've got access to plants that are actually work well in the area. And I think I think he's worried about keeping a a living tree because it's in a container too. And he says plants should not be kept indoors more than seven to ten days. I don't think that's right. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, you know, as far as hurting the plant, yeah, I just, I don't especially know. if you use these, we recommend. You think, you think that's one of those? Uh, this is my opinion thing, or you th- I, don't, I don't. I've never seen any research. No, that, neither. That that verifies that. Uh, I know, as I've had, uh, I've got two of them grown in my yard: a deodar cedar and an Arizona cypress. And, both of them are really doing well. And you kept them indoors more than seven to ten days. Oh, yeah, gosh. Yeah, they wouldn't be practical to, as a Christmas tree if you only kept them indoors seven to ten days. So we have a neighbor who has done a good job with this, um, who has turned his Sinisa, who's big and tall. It's, okay. It's about maybe 12 feet tall. It's pretty big. Into a Christmas tree, they they, right. they trimmed it up, and That'd now they put be. all the lights in it. Yeah, I yeah. imagine it's thin. That you can see the lights all oh, the yeah. way through the tree. Yeah, so it's really bright and cheerful. Mm-hmm. Have you have you seen any other odd? Mm-hmm. What about your yucca trees? What was that with Paul Cox? That was Paul Cox. Yeah, but Paul, the yucca is not a. We know that uh, the uh, the plant you're talking about, Sinisa, can be manipulated and and uh, pruned. Into a head shape or almost any kind of shape, so well, that is good. that is cool. Yeah, I'll have to bring you a picture. It's yeah. really, it's good looking. It's a great looking Sinisa. It's my weather gauge. That's the one I look at for the for the. Oh, weather. is that right? I don't think it bloomed before these last rains, so well, I don't know what happened. Oh, maybe <laughs> decide to take a break or something. Are you not, you're not this? You have not officially provided us that that information. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you only tell us when it's consistent. That's with correct. You. With my theory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what's so hard to understand about that? I don't yeah, understand. Okay. <laughs> it makes perfect sense to me. Um, all right. And then what else you got there? 
Uh, so we got some questions in, and speaking of decorating things, a lot of people decorate their crepe myrtles. Oh, really? And, and uh, you know, they're bare at this time of the year, so you can wrap the lights around the tree, light mm-hmm. the tree branches, and and uh, kind of show the shape of the of the tree, of the crepe myrtle. You want- and uh, we got a question in, said, it is helpful to treat crepe myrtles Crape myrtle that is not mildew resistant with a fungicide in the fall to help prevent problems in the spring. Do you have any recommendations? And far as for uh, Appleton wrote back, said, there's no fungicide that when applied in the fall will prevent problems in the spring. So long as there are no leaves, there will be no powder or mildew. You should apply the fungicide in the spring or at the first sign of the Sign of the problem. Since crepe myrtles are such a fast grower, the better solution might be to replace them with a mildew-resistant variety. And that that same question, you could just change the mildew to aphids. Yeah. Because that you know you get we get the question all the time about what can I do to permanently eliminate the aphids. And the late, latest one I've got was they were trying all um, those. Uh, Insecticides that you uh, systemics that right. you treated the soil and you said it doesn't seem to have any effect. Those aphids just uh, come right, right, right back. Yeah. And uh, now I've I've heard and I've I've never taken the time to really look it up, look up the information. But I, they did a lot of work in Louisiana with uh, a painting, painting the trunks, actually painting the trunks with a. Uh, Asaphate solution See, and that, 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 for the aphids. Yeah, and that's what I always fall back on is that I. Have you ever heard that? No, you've. Th- I've heard it from you. Oh, but I spray. Must be right. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially, <laughs> you know, I, I used to spray uh, asaphate for the aphids. Now I don't. I don't have very. I don't have very many crepe myrtles left. Um, and so, that that works for a while. But even nasafate, oh yeah, yeah, even nasafate doesn't. But that, yeah, that would be a good, that'd be a good idea because. I'm sure they've got a write-up on that. I need yeah. to look that up because we get the asafate. Well, the, the aphids are hard to control. Yeah, and you know, and we've almost come to the conclusion that you're better the, off to leave them alone. Yeah, or just spray them off yeah. when it, when you, it's convenient to you and. Not worry about it for the rest of the year, but painting them on, painting on there that uh, that also eliminates one of the is- the issues with uh, a strong insecticide like asphate. It's not right fly, floating flying all, all over, over the place. Yeah. So. so that's uh, that'd be a good idea. That's probably worth. Uh, I th- I'm I'm sure that they've done that. I, I need to get a. It's got systemic action and it is uh, uh, potent. It's got some potency for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, I guess there is an advantage if you spray the aphids, you get that that current population, but mm-hmm. they're tough. Uh, another question: I was pruning a live oak in my backyard, was trimming some dead limbs off the tree. After cutting the branch, I noticed a large number of carpenter ants coming from the wood. How dangerous are these ants in hurting the tree? How do I get rid of them? And forest answers, the carpet and the ants do not eat wood. They merely build their nest in it. If they if they were in 
in a branch that uh, you cut off, they will uh, hunt another place to build. A fire ant insecticide with asaphate should kill them, or I'm, I, I, guess, I guess the baits and uh, the ambrose and places, things like that will work on carpet. I don't know. I think that was the problem with ambrose that a lot of people said it killed all ants. And so uh, the people didn't didn't want to use it to huh. kill the native ants. You know how people are. But uh, anyway, that's don't worry about the ants coming out of your tree. They're just living there. They're not hurting it. They're you not know, eating a tree. You know what's uh, going to start a little later next the week uh, on Wednesday? Hmm. It's going to be mystery plant time again in the oh, Wilson County Wilson News. Wilson County News. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah. my goodness! Is that that time again? Wow! Time, the year, time the year went by fast. Yep, we did, and uh, so we'll we'll probably be uh, given some hints. Now, the first couple of weeks, I think, are going to be pretty uh, easy to identify. Some pretty spectacular uh, blooming plants, but there'll be some that. Uh, that are going to be a little more difficult, and some that uh, will concern plants that we've talked about a lot, but are kind of looked at when they're apart from us talking about them, they're not easy to identify. So uh, if anybody's interested in that, you're welcome to participate. There's a $25 gift gift certificate from participating. Each week? Each week, yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, starts... You can go to the website. You can go. You, of course, you can get the the newspaper, the Wilson County News, or you can go to their their website. And it's uh, lead up to the. Now this year we're calling it Milton the South Texas Home Garden and Environmental. Oh my gosh! Show. Oh wow! Lord, yeah, we got. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a two day event, March fourth and fifth. It's gonna. We're gonna have the last chance forever both days and. Uh, Wow! Yeah. So they've taken my little idea of just yeah. <laughs> and made it into something big. And gardening, gardening, South Texas uh, gardening volunteers are going to help us with a plant exchange, and uh, we'll have landscape school again. So it'll be all kinds of uh, neat stuff. But right for now, uh, check out that uh, see how how good you are at identifying the mystery plants. Okay, and that's coming up. All right, well, we are going to take a break in just a second. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. We've put together this uh, Christmas Eve show. Uh, we're recording it in advance because the nursery is closed today. In fact, it's closed tomorrow for Christmas and then closed Monday, uh, the 26th as well. opens again on the 27th, so the employees can have a couple days off and enjoy spending Christmas with their family and our friends. Hope you're having a wonderful Christmas. And uh, we're going to take a break and come back in just a moment. Uh, we'll mention that uh, a lot of the stuff we talk about is on plantanswers.com. And also you can find more information at millburgernursery.com, including where to get uh, what's on sale, what events are coming up, or even uh, how to get your newsletter as well. That's millburgernursery.com. We'll be back in a moment. I'm Milton Wick along with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. And you're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. This is The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Bull Road. Millburgers wants to take this time just to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas weekend. After the holidays, we want to remind you of something. Millburgers will help you get rid of your Christmas tree with their Christmas tree disposal. From January 2nd through January 13th, you can bring 
Christmas trees bought anywhere, not just at Millburgers. Now make sure you get rid of all the ornaments and lights and wires and metals, but bring them over to Millburgers. They'll dispose of them and give you a coupon good for 20% off any regularly priced merchandise purchased by February 28, 2017. Now there's some little details in this, so go to millburgernursery.com to learn more. That's millburgernursery.com. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday, and Millburgers will be here after the holidays to help you have a wonderful 2017. From Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. Gary and Dave at Climate Magic get it. When they started Climate Magic in 1985, it was a partnership they knew would succeed with San Antonio families if they stuck to the basics when it came to servicing air conditioners and heaters. Climate Magic will always super serve you. They know if they take care of you, you'll take care of them with repeat business and good referrals. That's what's kept them in business for over 30 years. Gary and Dave at Climate Magic share the values of our great city. Dave is from San Antonio, and Gary stayed here after serving our country in the military. Both Gary and Dave have degrees in air conditioning and heating. They stay up to date on the latest changes, and they pass on that education to their seasoned pros and on to you, as Climate Magic has always had the heart of a teacher. Here's the deal. Climate Magic knows there's a lot of AC companies in town, but they're in it for the long haul. No gimmicks or games or sales pitches. Gary and Dave at Climate Magic want to serve you and take care of you when there's an emergency. Here's the number to put in your phone and on your fridge. It's 340-8240. That's 210-340-8240 for Climate Magic. ClimateMagic.com. Texas License 15316. Take 930AM The Answer with you everywhere you go with the 930AM The Answer app. Simply go to the App Store on your mobile device, type in 930AM The Answer, download the app, and you'll always be in touch. Breaking news, stimulating talk, 930AM The Answer. All Saints Anglican Church and LifeShowEvents.net present The Customs of Christmas, a collection of interesting historical facts and legends from America and around the world. Every morning at 742 and afternoon at 442. Here on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. DeWitt's landscaping products and plant fabrics are the number one choice of professionals in the lawn and garden industry. DeWitt's high-performance quality products save time and are environmentally safe for the responsible homeowner. Millburgers Landscape and Nursery uses and sells DeWitt landscaping products. One of the products is DeWitt's Pro 5 Landscape and Weed Fabric. The Pro 5 Weed Barrier is an extremely rugged and lasting weed control and landscaping fabric. Pro 5 features a rugged 5-ounce woven polypropylene fabric, which is designed to resist rotting and degradation. The fabric is needle punched to allow water, air, and nutrients to slowly seep through while preventing all weeds from growing. It is perfect for use under rocks, under mulch, and under soil. The Pro 5 Weed Barrier is a great balance of cost and quality used by many landscaping specialists and homeowners. The fabric blends versatility and durability to create a landscaper's dream. Easy to cut, unroll, and install, and easily secured with ground staples or stakes. To prevent unwanted weeds from germinating, ask for DeWitt's Pro 5 Landscape and Weed Fabric at Millburgers Nursery. Hi, this is Pastor Kurt Hutzpith with High Resolution Radio, and I want to invite you to listen to our show right here on 9.30 a.m. The Answer every Sunday at 11 a.m. We're taking political and global issues that are happening, and we're breaking them down, giving you a biblical principle or either a biblical prophecy to be able to show you really where we are in biblical history. Be with us right here every Sunday at 11 o'clock, 9.30 a.m., the answer and welcome back to Millburgers gardening south texas on 9 30 a.m the answer uh we, we wish you and your family a very merry christmas on behalf of us and hey that kind of that's kind of catchy we, we wish you all a merry christmas we wish you all a merry christmas we'll save that Santa happy new okay. year. yeah it's kind of a southern thing uh, <laughs> uh all right so uh on behalf of the nursery and on behalf of us merry merry christmas and uh, the nursery is closed today tomorrow and on monday 
So come on by. I plan to come by on the 27th and uh, use that Millburgers gift card that somebody who loves you very, very much got you. All right, what else you got? We got uh, somebody wants to keep the cats out of the mulch around the trees in their litter box, as their litter box. You know, they come come to the, they help, they help the, uh, they help the mulches decompose, you know, add, <laughs> adding a little extra manure, but some, uh, some people don't like that. I don't know. They, you know, they stir up the mulch and kind of loosen it up, make it decompose faster, but no, some people are well, it's a, it is and, a, it and, is a sustainable uh, situation if you, especially if you got dogs that eat, yeah. at, eat cat poop. You know, you, <laughs> yuck. <laughs> the, the, this person says, "I want to do something that is safe for the cats, but keeps them away." <laughs> well, well, I, guess, I guess that lets pellet guns out of out of the uh, yeah the carpet tax. Carpet tax, yeah. What was the? I've heard they're plants that have a scent that keeps them away. Dreamer. Yeah. But what was the... There was a mulch that they don't care for. Pecans. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and uh, the uh, volcanic... Uh, oh, yeah. That that was what I was trying to think of. The, vul- the uh, volcanic they rock. What do we call that? Uh, not mil- pumice. Uh, lava? No. Lava rock. Lava rock. Lava rock, yeah. That method, he, he serves a purpose. Ooh, man. man. <laughs> Yeah, as we get older, yeah, it's lucky we have that he, young he gets, person. He, it's good to have Milton around. Yeah. So lava, lava rock is one option, and then the, for, you know, if you're more into that, uh, uh, and I really like the looks of the pecan shell of mulch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, is that a, a, a forest rice back? They would be discouraged by a larger mulch, such as pine bark, or one which is difficult to dig. A di- one is difficult to dig in, such as cypress mulch. Spreading chicken wire over the bed will also keep them from digging. I've heard that vinegar and citrus peels oils will also act as a deterrent, but I do not know the don't don't know if that'll work or not. There are also cat repellents that are commercially sold at uh, most nurseries and garden centers. Uh, nurseries, garden centers. So uh, the the a cat repellent that you could spray and I I I, I don't know if uh, our our deer repellent has worked for cats too. I don't remember reading that on the on the uh, on the deal or not. But uh, they do make a, a cat repellent that you can spray. But probably the best idea is is use that if you if you like that. If if it's not too big a bed, they use that lava rock yeah. and uh, that that seemed to yeah affect me. I've even because that's hard on their feet. I guess it's yeah indoors. yeah without being a, a threat to them. It's just yeah makes it so difficult. It's not worthwhile for them. But you know, even a problem though with mothballs are they don't last long. Uh, but sometimes if you can just change the the habits for a while, and then maybe you don't come back. No. Uh, also, a uh, a uh, uh, capsaicin enema will also a pepper enema mm-hmm. will also work if you can catch them out there. And do you have pictures on Plant Answers of this working? Yeah, yeah. We Are do there? Have oh my goodness! Okay. The, the techniques. I see. Well, that'll be interesting. Uh, I could write an article about. He that. can't. He can't even handle. 
squirrels. You know, <laughs> yeah. I remember that story he's told us about yeah. when was squirrel hunting and the squirrel came back to life. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, well, it was a squirrel in the street, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the why squirrel did you pick got hit up? by a car, and so I don't know why. Why did I pick the car? He was, he looked dead. <laughs> so I was, I was holding, last I was, I was holding him out the window by his tail. Mm-hmm. What were you hoping to do with him? I was just carrying him to the house to show everybody. Oh, know. I see. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, I've got a little uh, uh, a schnauzer <laughs> that, that eats them. You have a what? Schnauzer dog that oh, eats them. Okay. But uh, the squirrel ate me before I got to give him to the snail. Apparently, the wind of the uh, yeah. wishing by his head revived him, and he didn't like where and he I, was. I thought if I had it by the tail, there's no way he could, you know, I, I didn't even know he had muscles in the tail. I just thought he was a tail. You learned a lot about squirrels that uh, day. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> that baby climbed up. And they've got sharp little feet. You know, I guess how that's how they... I, I, I guess that gets that's how they climb trees. You know, they have sharp little claws. How long did it take you to let him go? And not very long. <laughs> <laughs> not well, very the problem is too when you want to let him go, they don't necessarily. if he's yeah, if he's gonna bite, if he's biting you, you may want to get a he good was bite. Just scratching me. Anyway, changing the subject. Um, what can be applied? Another question. What can be applied to ligustrum uh, and hackberries uh, to be totally and permanently rid of them? I prefer an organic solution, but if there's none, <laughs> is there a chemical that would not harm surrounding plants? And uh, Forrest writes him back. There is, to my knowledge, no organic method other than physically removing them. And the problem with that, if you don't dig the roots out, mm. you just cut them off at the ground. Yeah, those both of those they, species they, are. Yeah, they, they'll they'll, they'll find a, they'll find a way to sprout. Come back. So the the actually the be, the best thing to do is uh, uh, is to get get a, uh, a product extent, uh, try tryptochlor or such as. Uh, Brush begun poison ivy killer or cut vine and stump vine. Cut, cut vine and stump killer. Cut vine and stump killer. And you just cut it off. And you can do this when the plant's dormant. I've done it when it's dormant, too. It, it's, it's, kind of, it's probably better when it's green, but uh, right after, at this time of the year, I, the reason I'm knowing is I've got a lot of uh, plants coming up. Uh, that the, you can see them now that the foliage is kind of dropping off the trees and everything, and you can see all those hackberries. Uh, well, I'm exper- in the, in the I'm experimenting with. Uh, um, Judy is was restoring her. She got a new West Highland a Westie, so she doesn't want it to get through the fence. So she's putting the checking all the chicken wire and, and taking some of the the vines off. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of cut them and it's like five days ago but i sprayed with remedy which is the Mm. same product uh, on those cut vines that are five days old at the base of uh, that uh, cat's claw vine and smilex oh lord so we'll see how i'm I'm expecting i think think it'll work i I I think think so too because they're both of them are so sensitive to 
to remedy if yeah. they get any on the foliage. So I'm thinking, hoping that the, some of that is a stem action, too. There's no danger to any other plants if you only get it on the cut surface. If. <laughs> yeah, so you want to be careful, and they've got containers now that uh, didn't, didn't they, uh, Trey say they had a sponge applicator? A little brush. Yeah, a little brush. Mm-hmm. It's really little brush. clever, yeah. I haven't seen the brush. Yeah. But it used to, it used to be like in an Elmer's glue bottle mm-hmm. where you just uh, put a drop on there. But uh, that's, that's and it, like I said, it, we say it's better to do it when you first make the cut, when you still got some you can see the sap in there. I mean, it hadn't calloused over yeah. or dried up, dried over. And what we're it, saying it is that we, we suspect that you'll get some control, even if it's not immediate, but for the most efficient way to go in the care, way that you can uh, know that you're getting you know, the offending trees or vine stumps. Um, do it, Do it right after you cut it, but... It's not always possible. Yeah. Uh, we get questions periodically. Does it is it uh, is it too late to apply weed killers to the lawn? And uh, is it too late to apply weed killers to my lawn? Of course, that depends on the weed you want to kill. But uh, uh, Yes and no. It's 10 weeks too late to, uh, this was written in uh, November, to apply pre-emergent weed killers to turf. Uh, That needs to be done the 1st of September, but if you can apply a post-emergent broadleaf weed killer sprays to control young seedlings of non-grassy weeds like clover, dandelions, henbit, chickweed, thistles, dichondra, oxalis, Bed straw. Bed straw and things like that when they come up. But uh, thanks to Trace, he uh, he found the the best product to use, and I've used this on my bed straw last year, that won't hurt the, hurt the regular grass, is a, is a product called Weed-Free Zone. And it, it's uh, the reason you have to use that particular herbicide is because it works in cooler weather. Uh, it works from 40 degrees to 85 degrees. So, wow, that's uh, a big... Yeah, that's, that's a big range, but the, the 40 degree is, is the key. So uh, you, can use, you can use that weed-free zone is the name of the product. The, the, uh, there's another option, and uh, well, Jerry and I last year introduced the idea of the... Uh, Sustainable winter lawn, where there you go. Where if you got another innovative <laughs> re- rescue grass or horse herb or annual bluegrass um, for three, four months, four months this winter, just keep it mowed, and it really looks, it really looks good. Now, as you get closer to their time when they want to seed, then they get a little tougher and stragglier and different yeah. growth rate. But boy, for uh, Four or five months, it looks great, especially if you give it a regular mowing. About once every two weeks, I think the mowing works yeah. fine. Maybe at the South Texas Gardening Home Expo Extravaganza, <laughs> y'all can do one class. Because they have classes. Y'all could do a, a whole seminar on sustainable, there you go. Uh, on the winter, sustainable winter uh, landscapes. Yeah. 
this this winter this weed free zone is like I said I don't get the idea that you can uh, kill a, well it doesn't kill doesn't bother your grass no. but, uh, it also won't control uh, winter, winter grass like oh, yeah. rye grass and yeah, rescue grass rescue grass and things like that. But it will control uh, what we call broadleaf weeds. Even horse herb? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's uh, cleared for. Uh-huh. I don't think you can use it for horse yeah. herb. Okay. Yeah. That's against the law. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. that, that that forty to eighty five degrees temperature is what you want. To well, make. horse horse herb is 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 pretty interesting. Besides this sustainable uh, turf program we're talking about, um, last year I really. I noticed how much the deer were browsing that stuff. They, really? Yeah, they were. And you notice <laughs> butterflies on there? Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's just a... All-star plant. Man. Yeah, yeah. I guess I should do we a didn't, we whole didn't. article about that. <laughs> I, I might I, be I, doing Eight pages, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the... Uh, also, at this time of the year, when 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 we're looking at our trees and shrubs, and people are wondering what they need to do about uh, removing uh, seed pods, uh, I, I know that on the uh, Pride of Barbados, they've quit blooming now, and, and they're just loaded with seed pods. And I guess some people are trying to save the seed and all that kind of stuff, which. It's it's fun to do, but uh, we really don't recommend it that way because the problem with it, if you if you want to, you 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 need to grow them in a greenhouse, plant them in October, no, uh, October or, or uh, November, maybe even sooner than that, to carry them all the way through the winter. So when you put them out in a warm spring day, they'll bloom in the summer. In the summer, so uh, but if you just wait till the warm spring day to plant the seed, then they'll never bloom that same year. Yeah, or very seldom. A couple of years part. later. Yeah. Now I've never had them naturalized. Have you? No. So I guess I guess they're not on the uh, invasive plant no, list. No, no. I, I don't. I, I've never seen a seedling uh, proud of Barbados. Yeah, I haven't either. Even though the seed are. They have a lot of seed. Yeah. Now, Pride of Barbados lost all its leaves and all. Yeah, right. Duranta is continuing to... I've, I finally had to cut some down. It was just kind of <laughs> taking over and I'm getting to be evergreen and being... So I've got, I do have some... It's such a great butterfly plant that you don't want to eliminate all of it, but it also can take over the yard. Yeah. Uh, the uh, but you don't have to remove the seed pods of uh, crape myrtles or mountain laurels. Now, and you want to be careful with mountain laurels at this time of year because you're beginning to see what will be next year's bloom spikes. You know that that grayish. I don't know how you describe that. The gray stringy. Yeah. Uh, they they look like gray strings. Straggly, you know. yeah, stragglers. Yeah. Um, but that that'll turn into your bloom. Oh, the little snakes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. the people complain about. You this. know, we we yeah. haven't. I think I think it was a lot of years ago. We had at least one or two folks that had cut them all off. Oh yeah, they and think I, we haven't heard that for a while. 
for a while. I, th- so. I think they think they're last year's bloom spikes. So they're, 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 they're yeah, exhausted yeah. bloom. Nothing, no. nothing that looks like that could be a desirable part of a plant. Yeah. Is, uh, that's, think that's the blooms. <clears throat> but, uh, you, but removing those seed pods, and they'll, they'll naturally come off themselves. And same way with the crepe myrtle. Now, I guess, the, let's see, didn't you say one time that uh, do the birds eat crepe myrtle seed? Well, I mentioned we heard of it, that. but then we had, there was some rep- there was a report that, oh, they, okay. that they were, that they were, and I was trying to remember what it was. Was it house finches or? Oh, wow. Or goldfinches even that were going after. They were feeding them. Seed them. Yeah, going after feed. The guys were out of time. No. So we'll get to call uh-uh. it a day for today. We are. It is. I it's have true. some more onion stuff. Do you? Well, you want to do it tomorrow instead of the Christmas music? Yeah, and then maybe Calvin will be here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We can just read it. It could be like a book on tape. There you we'll, go. We'll just read the Onion article. There you go. Hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> and then have some Christmas music in between. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, so we're going to say goodbye for today, and uh, we'll catch you tomorrow on Christmas Day with Christmas music. That's what they've uh, asked us to do. It'll be nice. We'll put together some of the guys' favorites, and uh, we'll enjoy that, and hopefully you'll come back and uh, visit with us tomorrow on Christmas Day. Have a wonderful Christmas on behalf of the guys. Merry Christmas Merry to you. Merry Christmas, everybody. And we'll see you tomorrow on Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>